It is the beginning of a new year, and a lot of us have started New Year's resolutions. But if I'm honest, my whole resolution started in September. So challenge is one, and you have to love your job. I like my job. Okay, what else? Okay, dating. Here's the big one. You need to go on dates, good or bad. So the third thing is... My palms are literally sweating You have to love where you live. The fourth challenge is you must find friends outside your work circle. Hi, I'm Sarah, and we're in the midst of my 52-week journey trying to get rid of Sonderlust or the desire to live other people's lives by learning how to love my own. As we began this 52-week challenge of trying to find happiness and get rid of Sonderlust, we did some investigation. It's not that John's four areas weren't complete. It's just that we wanted something a little more, something maybe a famous psychiatrist had said. Dr. Carl Jung. Jung spent a good portion of his career asking what do people need to be happy? Good physical and mental health, sphere one. Second, good personal and intimate relationships, such as those of marriage, family, and friendships. Three, the faculty for perceiving beauty in art and nature. Four, reasonable standards of living and satisfactory work. Five, a philosophical or religious point of view capable of coping successfully with the way that life isn't sure. For the next season of this 52 weeks, we're going to focus on all of these beginning with good physical and mental health. One of the biggest struggles for me in that is learning how to love my own body, the person that is me. In college, that took some ugly forms about the way that I ate. It's also taken some ugly forms about the way that I've worked out. It blows my mind and frankly, it breaks my heart that people personalize so much their physical body Mm. with their internal person. And it's not. Like one of my favorite things about fitness is that people can come in and when they achieve something, when they have success, a breakthrough of a pull-up or a push-up or they've lost 10 pounds or a couple percent body fat, whatever it is, they feel so accomplished. And I love that because they took a challenge and they surmounted it. But the flip side of that coin is if they don't make it Mm. and they don't hit that goal and they don't whatever, they just wreck themselves and they tear themselves down. I'm in this really exciting place now where I'm learning to accept myself. And I think part of that is because of two trainers that I know, Dane and Kara McClaus. They are both trainers at a gym that they own, work. Work is a place where I've been able to find the beginnings, at least of learning how to feel comfortable with my body. I wanted to interview them because I think for them and for others and for the community and culture they create, they're teaching us how to understand our bodies as such a precious gift and fitness is a journey, not just a destination. I think the words that they have for us as we step into this new year will help us embrace who we are. Question, why did we open? Yeah, um, why this gym? Because if both of you had worked at other gyms, you had a corporate job. <laughs> there was no reason to like parachute out. The comfortable mm-hmm. thing to do would be for you to stay mm-hmm. in that office job and you to be a trainer somewhere, helping right. someone build their franchise. So right. what was it about this place? Because I look at this, and like I, I joke around, but really like I've, been to lots of gyms yeah and there is a different feeling here there's a different it feels like it's intentional thank you and you can be like no it just accidentally happened yeah (laughs) well i I will say that i'll I'll say both right like the the way i always like to put it and she's gonna roll her eyes because i always say the same thing but um we engender the community we create a safe space Mm -hmm. we're not responsible for it we're Mm -hmm. responsible to it like that's the thing like you guys are you going up to Nick in that bar created community and now because of your relationship with him you met other people because of his relationship with you he now will meet other people right like it's it's 
exponential that way once we connect those dots. And so the people themselves, you guys, the clients, really to me create the community. We've just, like I said, we've, we've created the safe space and we've created that environment and it is intentional and it is 100% purposeful. Because the way I look at it, um, fitness isn't always fun. Right? You're kidding. I, I, love every, <laughs> I, mean, I love both of them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Sweating, feeling like you're going to, you know, uh, vomit, like your chest is going to you know, explode. <laughs> yeah. Your, your lungs are going to pop, burst, whatever. Some people do enjoy it. Some people are masochists that way. Most are not. And yeah, like him. Yeah. <laughs> and most, uh, most people, it's a challenge. And like you said, I, I think a large part of the... the um, issue with fitness being closed off and sort of um, isolating your traditional gym experience is because it's so um, vulnerability inducing. Yes. You cannot walk in. I mean, I mean you're changing self, right? So it's the simple act of lifting a weight or going for a run is saying not necessarily that there's something wrong, but that there could be something better. Mm. And so I'm trying to improve on that. Right. The vast majority of people, and, and I want to talk with you about this as, as part, you know, trainer counselor, yeah. the vast majority of people on their fitness journey are a hundred percent destination based, yeah. not journey based. Oof. And so most people do not go through fitness just saying, Hey, each and every day I need to move because my body requires movement, right? We were built and designed with bodies that are capable of moving and therefore they are supposed to move. It's literally part of our purpose is to mm-hmm. embrace movement. Um, most of us are, I'm going to do this to improve myself. And if I can improve, then implicitly or implied there's something wrong. And if I'm acknowledging that there's something wrong, which again, I'm not saying that's the case, but that's our mindset. We're going to go into this big box with a bunch of other people who have something wrong with them that they're trying to improve. And everyone's insecure about it now automatically. Well, I think too, the industry has spent a lot of time telling us there's something. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. The industry does a terrible job communicating to people. And so that, that's it. I mean, for us, you know, um, I could give a shit if people get a six pack or big arms or whatever. Like if it's like, if it's important to you, if it's important to you, I want to do everything that I can to help get you there. But most people, and, and this is kind of where I'm trying to really be careful, but also purposeful with my messaging out on social media. And when I have interpersonal communication with people is, like not talking shit like that you can't do it but most people don't really want to do the work necessary to get that bikini body mm-hmm. or Joe Blow you know bodybuilder body like those people dedicate their entire life to it and I'm telling you right now it's a miserable existence I know a lot of them it's not fun <laughs> he looks like one of them no I do not <laughs> um, no I do not I, I have uh, I, I would say I have an above average fitness level but that's <laughs> it I'm not like a magazine cover guy I'm not a whatever like because frankly I don't want it like it's it's such a chore and it it truly is a job just to look that way and not only do I not care that much that my body looks like that pristine but again it's not the kind of existence I want to live or lead and so that that's been the challenge for us is I guess trying to set that tone of letting people know you are okay as you are Mm -hmm. you are accepted as you are if you want to get a little bit better here and there absolutely we're going to push you and we're going to give you the tools to get there but more than anything we have a finite amount of time in the world Mm -hmm. right And in that time, I think that you should make 
every interaction, every experience, every whatever as enjoyable as possible, right? Within reason, not like we're, we're trying to be hedonists or, you know, mm-hmm. everyone, you know, take their clothes off or whatever, but just in that sense, right? The we gym need, should but if be, you do, we want you to feel comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the gym should be a fun place and it should be a safe place. It shouldn't be this place of judgment. It is insecure. Actually part of our mission statement or not our mission statement, but our core vision and values. That's actually one of our values. We say, um, in an insecurity inducing industry, mm. work is a place of love and caring. I think that's um, important because I, without you guys, I don't know your, obviously that's your staffing and your people that you hire. Yeah. Um, but I have invited friends here who have left the fitness journey for a while. Yeah. So for whatever it might be, um, gained weight, whatever it might be. And I will, um, I will 100% invite them here mm-hmm. because this is a pay- place and space for them yeah. that I feel like they'll be comfortable and I think it reflects in the clients you have we're all different mm-hmm. sizes mm-hmm. there are like some girls in here that can like do pull-ups till the day I can't do a pull-up which it's is okay. only funny because I used to rock climb but I can't do any of that um, and then there's some girls that like this is like the the first gym they've ever tried mm-hmm. so I think there's that great thing and I've noticed particularly well with either of you is that I'll be in a class and it'll be that moment when I'm like, I feel awful. And you will say, look someone else in the eye and high five them. Yes. <laughs> and I'm such an encouragement person. I'm like, yeah, you're doing great. But then my heart's like, yeah, I'm doing great. Yes. So it's like this like, moment where yes. you're like, I can do this. Right. Um, which sounds funny, except if you've had a really hard day. So I've been sick for two weeks. So it's funny that we're recording a thing on health because I am not well. Um <laughs> And I have missed this place more than anything. Oh, like yesterday, my friend said, maybe just go and greet everyone in the lobby. And I was like, that's so weird. <laughs> Hi, guys. Have You're a good workout. Yeah. 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 <laughs> High five on your way in. On, like, that's one of those, though, like, uh, I, I try to be as humble as I can. But those are, like, we've had moments like that. People will walk in just to say hi. Like, people will come in and stop oh, by neat. just to hang out. Yeah. Happens all the time. And that's my greatest source of pride. When that happens, mm-hmm. like, when I see people loving on other people, here we know we did something right mm-hmm. um that's my greatest source of pride so you hit the nail on the head i think it's interesting because kara and i um i read kara's story too i think which was really helpful for me because when i was in college um went through actually ended up getting diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder but didn't know that i had that so instead i couldn't control the situations around me so i'd always make great grades i'd always <laughs> you remind me of me a lot i just had to do well and i had to achieve because it was expected of me and also because i expected it of me <laughs> so when you are, have ocd and you can't control your environment you start to control what you can so for me i controlled what went into my body so i got skinnier and skinnier and skinnier um and there was this like weird addiction to that and so um, it didn't last super long because my family is in the medical industry and we're like, wait a minute. Um, but I found when I heard your story about um, that you had some of that eating mm-hmm. disorder, fun stuff. <laughs> disorder. I hate that word, but it was disorder. Um, <laughs> I have OCD and I hate the word disorder. <laughs> um, did you find coming into the fitness world as someone who, do you feel like you want to particularly help folks who have that as like another option like oh I, I really want to get into eating or, or sort of managing what I put into my body in unhealthy ways was that a driving force at all having experienced that yourself mm. I don't really get into nutrition too much like that's Dane's mm-hmm. realm and world 
I love working out. I love fitness, right? And going back to why we opened in the first place, like the reason we opened a gym and not another business because we love fitness and we feel like we can do it better than anywhere else that we've ever been to and places that we've worked before. Um, and so to do our level of training, like what we ask for your bodies to do here, you can only do it when you have good food and good mm-hmm. energy. And so I kind of approach it from that way, like to do what I do with my body, I need good food mm-hmm. um, versus just like targeting safe food, like specifically. Mm. Um, so it's like a backwards way of thinking about it. Yeah. Instead of like, because a lot of people think if I manage what I eat, then my body will look a certain way. And yours is more, if I manage what I eat or think about what I eat, then my body will do is be able to do certain things or I'm sort of Mm -hmm. backwards feeding what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's like the first time when I got really sick was when I was 14 and I was hospitalized and I had to get to a certain weight to get out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Again, like 30 pounds, like I was 70 pounds. It was like, when you get to a hundred pounds then you'll be released. And it took me a couple months. But before I entered the hospital, um, all my sports got taken away. I mean, I was in ninth grade. I did soccer, volleyball, basketball, mm-hmm. but my heart can support my activities. Right. So one by one, they got taken away for fear. Like I would collapse like on the court or whatever. And so when I was in the hospital, you know, what my driving force was like, well, I want to play sports again. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, well, what am I going to do? Like, we're just going to sit around all day, you know? And so I was like, okay, I want to play sports again. And then once I got out, you know, you have these fleeting thoughts like, well, I know how to get back there. So I can just do that again. Oh, I yeah. Uh-huh. Again. All the time. But then I'm like, but then wait, but then I can't play my sports. And then I started getting into running no this is fast forward say like eight to ten years like post-college i'm like wait you know half marathons marathons like if my body is going to go out and run 10 15 20 miles i can't do it on negative calories right and so that's how i just look at i still look at food that way as fuel i mean now i enjoy eating more i guess than i ever have in my life (laughs) (laughs) she lives with someone who likes to cook so that's helpful um but that's how I think about it. So I think it's it's an interesting thing that you say, like, in the back of your mind. And I've shared that with Dane before. In the back of my mind is always, oh, I know how to get tiny again. Mm-hmm. It's not a healthy way of being. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a great person to be around mm-hmm. when I am deficit, you know, living in a deficit. Yeah. But it feels great because I'm in control. And, like, mm-hmm. um, for me, when I was in college, the comments I would always get were, like, you're, you're just, you know, you're in such great shape. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, Yeah. You know, you don't want to know what it took to get yeah, to this weight. Yeah. But it was not, um, it was interesting because it wasn't classic anorexia in that it was more about control and like mm-hmm. being able to control the outcome. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's why I know forever I will be involved in fitness of some level mm-hmm. because I know what I do to my body really matters and keeps my mind in a certain better place. And as an athlete, I think I played soccer. I didn't, how did you play volleyball? I thought I was too short for volleyball. And I feel like we're... Setter. I was always like, not my sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ran track and felt, I was mm-hmm. a sprinter. Mm-hmm. Sprinters aren't as asked to like be as small so I could I needed powerhouse legs but I think when I got older and I'm not you know then in high school you can just eat you know fairly well and Mm -hmm. I just had a six pack Mm -hmm. of course Mm because I was an athlete Mm -hmm. and then you get to college and you're like oh that's not a thing Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and I hadn't learned my parents eat really healthy Mm -hmm. but I hadn't learned how to like 
manage my own diet. And so that's when I think the unhealthy things and since then have rolled in. So one of the things that I loved about coming here was that you guys don't just talk about like lifting the weights, but also what it takes to lift the weights Mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know you're not doing, are you going to be doing more of the nutrition classes? My background is in the fitness side, but I think that so many people lack that nutrition component um, and they're just not teaching it correctly. Uh, I think that education in and of itself, right? There are ways to teach different people Mm -hmm. that's successful for that person. Um, And I think that a lot of times, especially with adults, we, we fundamentally misunderstand how a adults learn and um, it is a lot more similar to the children and so I try to I try to start with a foundational base of understanding so understand what protein carbs and fats really are understand what they do in your body understand what your body is as silly as that sounds right how many people could tell you what their kidneys do right right if you didn't have them <laughs> how many people could tell you what your liver does how many people could tell you about oxygen exchange at the capillary level right like and this is something we walk around with every day like walk around body. with every day Right, and we totally take it for granted, and um, and that's 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 fine. I guess I'm not like trying to make people feel guilty, but at the same time, I just think that the more you understand it, um, I think the reason you don't understand it is because it wasn't explained properly, and it wasn't gone into, delved into enough. Right? It's not sexy in fitness. Like, well, talk about what you need but to I just do. well yeah. time out though. Like like I just mean like in elementary school, <laughs> yeah. right? Like what's health class in elementary school, right? The big time, like when you even don't say touch health, each other's bodies. Yeah, yeah. The first <laughs> First thing I think of is like when did we learn about you know uh, reproductive organs right that's the first thing I can think of back before that I don't even remember maybe germs washing your hand like I don't know but I remember yeah. you know learning about ancient Mesopotamia and whatever like as if that adds value to my existence with all due respect to education I know that's like a hot topic but I just think that there are things that we should spend more time on and our body's one of them and we don't and so because of that we have a big it's preventative too that's a big part of it yeah we have a big misunderstanding and so, so anyway, so, so for us with nutrition, yes, we'll be doing another thing in, in January where, where I just like to educate people. It's just part of my passion. Um, and then we create accountability groups because yeah. at the end of the day, most people understand, you know, do you have to eat kale? No, but choosing something green over a Snickers bar is probably a better option. I think that there just came an article out about how kale makes you like 10 years, your brain 10 years younger. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so you don't no, the American health journal. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh. So you don't have to, you know, eat certain foods, you know, there's except this, for kale. You have to except eat for kale. kale. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, most people understand what healthier eating looks like. It's mm. the doing it right. It's the practical. And so Kara does a great job of challenging me on this because I'm such a cerebral person. Like I'm just like knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. And I want to knowledge bomb people because I love it. And like, it's fascinating to me. It's how I get excited. Um, most people just need practical application. Right. And so with that, we create, um, like a large accountability group. So on Facebook now, um, we have a private accountability group for, um, we're kind of at the work 30 now and work 30 is, is kind of a, a, a derivative of, um, a program called the whole 30, right. which is basically, um, a 30 day, um, elimination diet kind of sliding into paleo eating and paleo eating. I mean, if, if we're going to kind of talk about the merits or credence of any of like the modern day diets to me that one's the best Mm. but I think for a lot of people it's too restrictive which I totally understand right there's this idea of balancing lifestyle hashtag lifestyle (laughs) hashtag balance Um, (laughs) balancing lifestyle my post this morning (laughs) (laughs) balancing lifestyle with actual health Mm. and I think that way too many people like to um 
uh, justify their cravings and their indulgences with balance. Um, so I really cheese like is important. I really like. <laughs> what did you say? Cheese. I the love Canadian. Cheese so much. The Canadian or cheese curds. <laughs> I have a problem. Um, I'm just teasing. Um, no. So everything you know, everything has its place. Absolutely. And I always tell people there's no such thing as a bad food. Right. There's no such thing. So as that's bad what food. I love about that. Right. So it's like. Because when you make something bad, then you think about it more and more. Well, you want it more, yeah. yeah. Well, but you also personalize it and you feel bad about yourself. Mm. So, so when you eat it, you're like, I'm a bad person. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so this is, so I mean, if you're going to ask like, what's the difference between like us and other people? And, and again, I hate like even typecasting and generalizing, yeah. but a lot of people in fitness, like they get too black and white, like they get way too binary mm. and they they almost fall into professionals fall into this like no no damn it Sarah yay the Twinkie again and they're like <laughs> mad at you and whatever and it's like well shit man like she obviously had the Twinkie because it was a moment of weakness and like she ate it because it made her feel good like how about I empathize and get on the emotional level and again you, you use the term backwards with like the way she thinks about it but I think that's forwards no, you should I think be thinking yeah, of, yeah. of food as fuel mm-hmm. and then because that's the thing right like fundamentally if people want to change the way that they eat they need to understand that at the thought process level there needs to be a shift because right now we're all conditioned this way in western culture you go to another country especially in the third world and food choices are made very differently right Right. and we're all like well yeah obviously they're different but like seriously stop think about it for a second right the very first thing you think once you're hungry is what tastes good right now Oh, what yeah. am I craving? What am I hungry? What's gonna What's gonna satisfy my palate right now? You're not thinking about is it protein, carbs, or fat? Is it a good fuel source? How much energy do I need? But that's what your body's doing. Your body is sending chemical signals right. and triggers to you based on its needs. But you're thinking, what well, What do I want? What's gonna What's gonna taste my yum yums? Right? Like, what am I sondering for? What am I sondering? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what would you say? So, if you're gonna say. Obviously, there's there's got to be a, a mind shift. Mm-hmm. What are the things like if you had a chance to talk to eight to ten thousand people about fitness? What would you say were the like the things that if if you could focus on this one thing? Because I've heard you guys a couple of things that I would say are the things that you guys say a lot. Mm-hmm. But what are the things you would say are the way to think about health and nutrition? You know, first? Eat for bu- what your body needs, not what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to tap into that real quick because I really want to make this point. Like, if we're if I'm if I'm only going to get interviewed this one chance, eight to ten thousand well, people. I interview him again. No, I no, I only I deserve one. I only deserve one. <laughs> um, it so eating for fuel does not mean you can't enjoy your food. Mm-hmm. No. And so what she just said a moment ago, right? Like I probably enjoy my food now more than ever is because she lives with somebody who cannot stomach bland food. My food has to taste good. Mm-hmm. I won't eat it if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm not that boiled chicken and steamed everything guy. I dated him. It was really <laughs> embarrassing. Instead of thinking, how do I make yummy food healthy? Instead, think, how do I make healthy food yummy? Mm-hmm. So that's the way I would oh. say, just flipping the script. It's real simple, right? Right? How do I doctor up, right? What's good for me so that I enjoy it, right? Okay, kale salad. Kale is bland. Like, scientifically, it is bland, right? The flavor profile of it. Okay, so get uh, some kind of a balsamic or some kind of an oil vinegar mm-hmm. blend that you like that's flavorful. Throw in maybe a little bit of dried fruit on top. Throw in some nuts. Oh, great. That's a salad everyone can wrap their 
head around, okay. right? As opposed to, you know, kale with, you know, lemon juice, which is what I'll see on Instagram, like as if anyone actually likes that. Like, no. <laughs> so just, just turn what's healthy into something a little bit more delicious. Um, so eating for what your body needs, needs versus mm-hmm. what your body wants. But making... Mm-hmm. So one of the things I noticed when I was, I used to um, send in my, like, what I was eating to Dane. Yeah. Um, which I should just start making a fake email profile that I send <laughs> and think that Dane reads because I was much better that way. No, just send it to me. I don't care. Uh, uh, but he would always uh, point out, like, oh, that's an interesting choice that you made there. And never, like, shame. Just, like, what was going on in your day that, <laughs> that you needed all of the cheese? Um, and I think it's it's sort of recognizing, like, oh... I am eating this at a certain time or mm-hmm. this this seems to be something I'm unable to control my mm-hmm. for some people late night eating is a thing yeah right? for some humans maybe me um <laughs> so okay I love it so fuel our bodies what about yeah pay fitness? attention to those habits um wait let me chime in oh please for that fitness uh, I was trying to think of what I wanted to say but uh you get what you train for so a lot of humans <laughs> I think maybe more women in particular mm-hmm. think that a certain type of training will get them a certain body type right like you get what you train for like some workouts are fun Zumba but it might not define your arms <laughs> some workouts are not so fun they're not but it might get your body to look a certain way because of the exercises you do. Some workouts can be fun and get you the results you want. But I feel like a question I get asked a lot, even though I have two long sleeve shirts on right now, is you know, like, how do you get your arms? I want your arms. Yeah, Michelle blah, 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 wants her arms. <laughs> Like when I'm lifting weights, I, I'm in one way I'm picturing Kara, and in my other mind I'm picturing Michelle Obama. So it's Kara Obama. <laughs> you know, and here's what I do. But people don't want to do that, or they don't believe me that I do that. Like I want to go do my spin class and sit on a bike for 45 minutes and have toned arms. Well, spin will get you one result, mm-hmm. probably not toned arms. You know. Lifting weights will. Well, but lifting but I, weights is no, but fun. I but I do the the two pound weights for the four minutes of the class. <laughs> She's crap. A lot of our friends are um, spin <laughs> teachers. Spin is also which we used to teach. Which we used to teach, you and teach. we we almost opened a spin studio. Yeah, we almost spin studio. It's yeah. not that it doesn't have its place, but listen to what she's saying. Great cardio workout. It's fun. I freaking love it. But you get what you train for, you know. So some workouts can be fun and get the results, which I think is the idea that we had in mind when we created work, mm-hmm. which is why we do split body parts. We train different muscle groups on different days. We have our full body days. We have crazy high intensity days. Then we have specific arm days, <laughs> leg days. Um, but I think people in people's mind, it's warped between like, Oh, what I think, you know, so what, what celebrities do to look like how they are mm-hmm. and what I want to look like, like there's, it doesn't match up. No. So that makes me think about one thing too, is like our bodies are different. Mm-hmm. So me training, so we all look, respond to exercise right. differently. Me training to look like uh, uh, Taylor Swift, who's six one. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm a short, compact. One of the things I've always had trouble with with working out is I actually do get toned arms really easily. Mm-hmm. My brother and I both. Like, mm-hmm. if we look at a weight, we can get. But my arms, as a ballerina, when I was a ballerina um, growing up. I remember I would throw my arms up in the air and I would have a bicep, mm-hmm. which 
most people would be excited about, but I was shamed into my friend. I still remember the little girl who looked at me and said, you have man arms. And so I would walk around trying not to lift weights because I didn't want to have man arms because I know the first thing that happens is I start to get a toned tricep, Mm -hmm. which my brother dude like literally looks at a weight and he looks, (laughs) he's one of those frustrating people. Yeah. Yeah. But I think too, having a realistic expectation for I could do tons of whatever and I'm not going to get long and lanky. Yeah. Because Sarah Heath is not. Your bones are not going to suddenly grow. Like your leg (laughs) is a certain length. Like the muscle will not elongate longer than the bone that it's attached to. Right. And I feel that, I feel like that's still uh, a major message, you know, like shape magazine, Cosmo, I don't know, whatever, like long lean muscles, you know, like. Okay, but my arm is not going to grow longer. No, they're <laughs> not getting longer. Karen There's I, no way to get longer. We got. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's having a realistic understanding of our own body too, which mm-hmm. is, I think, when you've had a warped perception of your body before, that's almost the hardest thing to get rid of. Is mm-hmm. like, okay, if I want to train a certain way to look a certain way, I also need to have a certain level of self acceptance. Mm-hmm. That I don't like, think it's easy. Yeah. The yeah. human and the human body will only change so much. Like mm-hmm. your body has a set weight that it wants to be and it's always almost going to do anything it can to get back to that mm. weight right mm. that's hard but that's not an excuse <laughs> friends yeah so yeah. what did you say around that dane i mean just echoing a lot of the, the same things you guys said uh, for me it really is that like i had a client one time who used the the word perspective as a verb and she would say perspectify and i think that a lot of people fail to perspectify <laughs> accurately um themselves um, and then exactly what Kara said, like what, what they're going to get out of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, they also fail to perspectify timelines, right? Like mm-hmm. we're all so caught up with, and, and it's so funny that right this now. is, this is so, you know, everybody says this, like it's, 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 it's hackneyed what I'm saying right now. Everybody knows that we're all in a rush and everybody knows that we're all in a hurry and yada, yada, yada. And that it's probably not the best for us because we set up these unex, you know, uh, unrealistic expectations. Yeah. But truly, if you want to change, it's going to take time. Um, so what she just said is in, in fitness, it's basically the, the very first law that you learn in fitness school is uh-huh. called the said principle, specific adaptations to imposed demands. And it's the same in everything. You can apply it to anything in life. Things only change if you continue to work at the things that change them. So for instance, like the pull-ups, right? 98% of adults, I've seen this like as a statistic, 98% of adults cannot do a bodyweight pull-up, right? I cannot. You said said you're one of them, right? (laughs) How often do you practice pull-ups? Once a week, maybe. Sometimes, right? If we put it in the workout. And part of why you don't do it is maybe part of... Because I'm standing next to Kara. <laughs> <laughs> it's feeling like, oh, I can't do this. If I can't it took do a it, a long I'm, time to be able to do a pull-up. Yeah, if I can't do it, I'm a failure. If I whatever, whatever. And and again, like same thing with just eating a Snickers bar does not make you a bad person because there's not such thing as bad food. Failing at an exercise does not make one a failure. But that's how we do it, right? We approach the gym as if like if I can't do what Kara can do or what Janie or Jimmy or Todd whatever, if I'm not that person. I'm not successful Mm. and it blows my mind and frankly it breaks my heart that people personalize so much their physical body Mm. with their internal person and it's not like one of my favorite things about fitness 
is that people can come in and when they achieve something, when they have success, a breakthrough of a pull-up or a push-up or they've lost 10 pounds or a couple percent body fat, whatever it is, they feel so accomplished. And I love that because they took a challenge and they surmounted it. But the flip side of that coin is if they don't make it Mm. and they don't hit that goal and they don't whatever they just wreck themselves and they tear themselves down and so it's 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 tough it's a double-edged sword right you need to be hard enough on yourself to challenge yourself to push through when it is tough because breakthroughs only happen right challenge only happens where i'm sorry change only happens when preceded by a challenge right we only get better if we're going through something that's tough enough if the stimuli is literally hard enough on our body that it has to respond um but at the same time if you do fail if you do whatever um it's getting people to understand that that's a success to me you've heard me say that on on the microphone before i I try to say it every few classes but failure in this place Mm. is success because if you're truly doing a push-up so hard and those arms are shaking and you drop you pushed yourself far enough your chest is going to get stronger in the next 48 hours your shoulders your triceps you're literally at that point of change now if you're doing it and it's easy and we're holding back and it's nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And so again, like Kara's saying, echoing that sentiment, you're going to get what you train for. If, if what you're doing, you love because it's easy for you, which a lot of people unfortunately make that mistake. I'm going to do what's easy or I'm going to do what I feel makes it where I feel successful. Not a lot's going to happen to your body. And I'm sorry, but it, it just isn't. I'd, I'd be doing you a disservice if I said it was. You have to challenge. Now, does that mean you have to kill yourself? No. Does it mean you're supposed to be sore every single day? No. Does it mean you have a bad workout if you're not sore? No. No. But understand, right, you do have to challenge yourself and you're going to get out of it what you put into it. So, But I think there is a power in saying, like, this is my body. I only have this body for a certain amount of time. Yeah. How do I want to take care of it? And more than that, like, how do I want to enjoy this life? Yeah, I mean, with that, like, things that I would say that I think that people need to realize again is, like, you receive messages where you're at, Mm. not from the place people are delivering them. Ooh. Ooh. You know? Um, and so I think that it's, it's tough from the standpoint of like, you know, I make that comment about the other gym owner, like should buy his own product. But at the same time, like I'm insecure, like I get challenged. I'll take a class. She knows she laughs at me all the time. Like I'm, cause I'm a big baby. Um, but I'll take class. And if I'm not having a good day, like everyone knows it like in class, whatever. And I feel because we are in there, like there probably are, everybody feels like there's this personal audience, right? That people are watching them or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's not really true. But for us, it kind of is true because we are the owners and we are the, the trainers and the whatever. So people will look to us maybe, you know, for nothing more than just like, oh, how is he doing it for mm-hmm. form or whatever. Yeah. But because of that, I feel self-conscious when I'm in class. Like I have to perform at a certain level. I need to be this level of fitness because I'm the professional and I need to stand out, whatever. None of you guys are putting that on me. No one has ever come up and said that, but that's how I feel mm. sometimes, right? And I need to step outside of myself in that moment and realize like I'm putting that on me. And so with this whole, you know, Instagram and the shape magazine, the self magazine, people more than anything, they're, they're trying to sell you something like they're trying to, um, they're trying to boost their own status with whatever that is, right? Whether it's selling a product or gaining followers or this, that, or the other, it's, it's not an affront to you. And again, like that idea of like, I heard this quote a long time ago and I absolutely love it. We can, when we compare ourselves to others, we compare their strengths 
to our weaknesses. Mm. And I think it's one of the most profound things I've ever heard as far as learning to, again, perspectify (laughs) the right way is giving yourself the credit and the fairness to realize a lot of times we set ourselves up for failure because of the standards that we set. And it's either an unfair standard because it's outside of ourself or we're using somebody else's. I mean, you use the Taylor Swift example, right? You're not 6'1", you're 5'4". Swift and I are on the same height. So, of course, those bodies are going to be different. And so it's the same thing as, you know, anybody, you know, I'm going to compare myself to the tiniest person in the office or the biggest guy in the gym. Like, that's not going to be my body because it's not. So Mm -hmm. let's work on just making my body the best that it can be. And the other thing I would say that you brought up consistency, like that's the thing. And and I said it earlier, but is just people understanding that fitness is a journey. This life is a journey. There is no destination. Um, you know, like, like just think about like for a second, like if you had the perfect, like if you did all the work that it took to get the perfect six pack and the arms, the legs or the booty, whatever it is that you're working for, right? Your, your pinnacle of fitness. Do you think you're done? No, you're not done. You have to do that exact same level of work for as long as you want to keep that body. And guess what? Over time, it fades. Like no matter what, 40-year-old you is not going to look like 60-year-old you is not going to look like 80-year-old you. God willing, you live that long, right? At some point, things are going to change. And so you have to be able to accept the fact that you're not always going to be your pinnacle or your your peak, right? Because if you were, like if you put all your chips on the table as I'm only going to be happy when my body looks this way or feels this way those chips are going to be taken away from you by gravity and by time, (laughs) you know? So the thing I would say is just work on the journey, like make your goal. You know, if, if people want to measure success instead of a body fat, instead of a circumference or a weight on the scale, like make it, I hit the gym five times this week. Yeah. Make it a pull up, right? Not even necessarily performance driven, make it, um, um, I like that. I went to the gym five times. This I week. went five times this week or I moved every day or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like take it in doses, like measure your success in the dosage that you're, that you're giving. Cause really that's it. Fitness is giving to your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the more people look at it like that, like an investment, yeah, the healthier and the happier they're going to be. Not what I'm going to get out of it, but what am I going to put into it? I love that. So mm-hmm. you guys are so amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. I think what this whole project is about, for me anyway, is trying to discover ways that I can get rid of the whole idea that somehow life is about the destination and not the journey. My hope is that I continue to get better at that, not just with my outward physical appearance, but with my inward understanding of self. I look forward to the next episode when we talk to Dr. Chris Howley, someone who understands uh, basically that our bodies are not just our outsides, but our insides. He's actually going to talk about why it can be healthy for us to eat a donut. I hope that today you were inspired and that it helps you continue to try to get rid of Sanderlust. I'm excited to see what's next. Thanks for listening. And as always, good luck finding your bliss. Sanderless, the podcast is hosted by me, Sarah Heath. This episode was produced by myself, Allie Fleming, and Corey Severi. Corey is also our team's editor, and Allie handles our graphics. Our theme is written and performed by Daniel Robert. You can visit us anytime at www.sanderlessthepodcast.com. And to find out more about yours truly, please visit RevSarahHeath.com. If you like the show, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast so you never miss any new content or any episodes. And most importantly, leave a review. It's a great way to spread the word and help people find the show. 